0: Today on Sagittarian Matters, we revisit Splash, Revenge of the Nerds, Mannequin, Scrooged, and more, as my guests Dynasty Handbag and Mariah Garnett explore which 80s movies you can watch without wanting to die. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the? from the Sagittarian Matters Social Distancing Studios in Los Angeles, California. I have some notes for this week's episode. Okay, here's how it came to pass. This holiday season, just a couple of months ago, I got very excited to share some of my favorite holiday movies from my childhood with my spouse, Kaya. Kaya. One of those was the movie Scrooged, starring Bill Murray. I remembered it as being so edgy and cool and funny and scary and, like, very badass. And so we watched it. I went out of my way. I think I probably paid money to rent it. I don't know, but it fell flat. She was like, I think I never need to watch that movie again. And I agreed. Imagine my delight when I saw that friend to the show, Dynasty Handbag, a.k.a. Jibs Cameron, and... Her spouse, Mariah Garnett, were also on an 80s movie quest to rewatch movies, including Scrooge, that they had enjoyed during the 80s and early 90s, and then to kind of see if they held up today. Could they watch these movies without wanting to die? Well, listeners, I asked them to come on the show to talk about this. We talk about Splash, Scrooge, Revenge of the Nerds, Mannequin, Overboard, Back to the Future 2. We mentioned The NeverEnding Story. We mentioned Labyrinth. I need to tell you it was cut for time, but they loved Heathers. Heathers had some rough spots, but the rough spots were not as bad as all the other things. So they do recommend that you can watch Heathers, perhaps. Um, before we get to the show, I want to issue a content warning. The 80s, particularly mainstream films of the 80s, not so long ago, were a time of a lot more unabashed racism, sexism, sizism, ableism, classism, and homophobia. These are the movies we're talking about. These are the movies that our brains were soaking in and butting against and pushing against when we were growing up. So please take that content warning as you will. Please know we'll be talking about the things that happen in these films and, um, any other side notes? Oh, a side note is when Jibs is talking about Splash and doing an impression of Daryl Hannah when she's horny, please imagine Jibs' tongue moving about wildly. That's something you need to know. The other thing is I mentioned that the Omega Institute in upstate New York used to be a Jewish summer camp. It was actually a Yiddish cultural camp called Camp Boyberik. It was established in 1913, and it was at that property until 1979. All right. I hope you enjoy my talk with Jibs Cameron and Mariah Garnett about movies from the 80s and whether or not watching them today makes us want to die. Dynasty Handbag is the stage name of artist Jibs Cameron. Jibs is a performance artist and video artist living in Los Angeles, California. She was called outrageously smart, grotesque, and innovative by The New Yorker. Most recently and excitingly, Jibs's film Weirdo Night debuted to rave reviews at the Sundance Film Festival. You can find Jibs at dynastyhandbag.com. Mariah Garnett is a filmmaker who mixes documentary, narrative, and experimental filmmaking practices to make work that accesses existing people and communities beyond her immediate experience. Mariah directed Weirdo Night, which just premiered at Sundance, and is also the creator of a film called Trouble, in which a queer American filmmaker connects with her estranged Northern Irish father, discovering new things about his political past by playing him as a young man in a series of verbatim reenactments. You can find Mariah at MariahGarnett.com. Now please enjoy my talk and many movie reviews by Jibs Cameron and Mariah Garnett. Both of you, over the holiday break, decided to take a walk down memory lane, <laughs> as I did, and visit some movies from the 1980s. Yes. What, what led you down this path?
1: We decided, we wanted to watch Scrooge because we were like, oh, that's a classic holiday film. Um, and neither of us had seen it in a while. And I remember it being kind of like fun, irreverent, Christmas movie that was like the best take on Christmas
2: Carol. And then we watched it. <laughs> yeah. And I was I was just remembering the Carol Kane part. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is the reason why I only remembered the Carol Kane part because the rest of it is dog shit. <laughs> it's
1: yeah. terrible. It's not even really the worst of
2: no eighties movies.
1: At definitely all. not. But it definitely like it's this brand of eighties comedy that's just like Coke fueled man screaming is the joke, I guess. Yeah,
2: it's the joke. And he's like very not acting. He's acting and, and like he's insulting the audience with his acting by pretending like he's just, it's like he's, okay, let me think. Okay, so Bill Murray, he's um, the CEO of this like network and he hates Christmas. And he's like, get visited by like the past, present future. He's yelling the whole time, but he's also doing it in this sort of like cheeky way where you're like, you're just being Bill Murray. Like he's, it's not, I, I was annoyed at his, his inability to commit emotionally, quite frankly. <laughs> and, um, and- Even then- at
0: the end, does he just go from yelling and then he has the whole emotional journey and at the end he just yells some more? yeah yeah yell
2: some more but then you're like he hates this script you can tell that he hates it he's like
1: mean yelling in the beginning and then he's like come on everybody let's be nice to each other yelling at the end <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the same tone all the way through um
2: but yelling that made us lot of this made, made us thought of made us to think thinketh about this other trip that we took when we were in provincetown in yes. the old days when we were traveling by um my carriage and we were like let's watch splash I love splash oh my god
0: um I haven't I watched Scrooge over the holidays full disclosure I tried to show it to Kaya I was like I remember Scrooge being so badass I remember this being such an awesome Christmas movie and it really fell flat in this household and we didn't even think about the coke screaming I think it just was like everything else
1: yeah I mean it's like the way that it like is trying to be like smart and ironic about media with that like Christmas ad he airs where it's like freeway shooters and <laughs> nuclear war. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just felt like the first time anybody had ever made a joke about TV in a movie or something. It was just like so basic. So like a lot of it's just not good.
0: Can I ask you guys, before we move on to Splash, what was your take on Bobcat Goldthwaite's performance?
2: It was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Bobcat's worth ma- not worth the movie, but um, I love Bobcat. Him and Carol Kane were the
1: two good actors. In yeah. The movie. Also, great spots. The relationship between him and the romantic lead, Karen Allen, just like made no sense at all.
0: Oh, this like, is a thing I wanted to say. She hmm. calls him Lumpy at first, and that seems cute. And like like, oh, one person knows him, but she never stops calling him Lumpy. She never calls mm-hmm. it by any other name, so it just kind of wears it out.
1: Yeah, and like, well, there's so much in that movie. Like, the that's my name. Don't wear it out. You just said that. That was the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the 80s take on the 60s too. I was like, oh, weird, right? Like, these people who are in their 40s in the 80s would have been in their 20s in the 60s, and that would have been I don't know, just like that, like free love hippie. Loft that they like made love in yeah they they made love together
2: well also yeah because it was like that was also the time of like the big chill where everybody was like trying not to be a yuppie like trying not to like throw their values in the trash because now they're like it's the 80s and they're making money and there was like a big cultural critique moment happening at that time so um like i remember when somebody called my dad a yuppie because he was a hippie and then he liked didn't look like a hippie. Then he got a sob. Then he has a yeah, He had a sob. So <laughs> little did they know where he, how he attained that sob. But, um, but yeah. So I feel like that was also part of the dialogue of the day. The the jokes of the day were, you know, like an executive and like how you lose you lose your
0: soul because wasn't that it. the whole that was the whole theme of Family Ties. Yeah, Alice
2: B. Heaton just. Yeah. Young Republican, and they worked. For, they were like NPR. They were they worked for the NPR or something, right? But yeah, the, also the romantic
1: lead thing. It just I don't know, like how she was like, it. She was like going through all the emotional arcs, and he was just screaming. And like for some reason, at the end, like her arc had nothing. Her like emotional range or what, the emotions she was going to, going through like that were supposedly about him like there was just nothing for her to bounce off of because he was just screaming the whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And like, in the end, she's like, Oh, he's, he's changed, but he's still just (laughs) (laughs)
0: lumpy.
2: (laughs) Lumpy." And then you don't even get to see Mary Lou written as tiny Tim. That
0: that was my real at the end. (laughs) I felt cheated out of seeing that. Like whatever you call like that aerial that like hands-free cartwheel. Yeah, exactly. So this is getting a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Do we do a thumb system or a star system here? Thumbs down, yeah. butt.
2: Thumb, <laughs> a um, butt. system? Thumbs down. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Scrooge thumbs down. Okay. Now let's, let's travel to Splash. Jibs, will you describe the plot of Splash as you remember yeah.
2: it? Yes. Um, <laughs> now, mind you, I grew up in California, so I really didn't understand what Cape Cod was, where it was. <laughs> like I didn't understand anything about Manhattan. And uh, so there's a lot of geographical information that didn't register with me as a kid. Um, and I say that because, well, he, he, he goes on this like boat journey or something. He's going on the ferry to Cape Cod or something like that for summer vacation when he's a kid. Who's and the man? I, oh, Tam Hawks. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And, um, he sees a mermaid in the water <laughs> when he's on his way and and uh, he's got this like you know shitty brother who was played by John Candy who's like a womanizer and always trying to look up women's dresses. And
1: did you remember that from being a kid though or are you just this is what yeah you... this is
2: what I remember oh,
1: okay
2: um, I remember very distinctly his joke where he throws change on the ground so that he can look up women's dresses. And then I was like, (laughs) "Wow, that guy got something." And then I remember, like, also that they show time passing and nothing changed by having him do that again in the next scene, like as an adult. Um, When they when they fast forward to the Mm -hmm. eighties, so um, so the plot was like he meets this mermaid when he's a kid, and then the mermaid comes back to town. As an adult mermaid, but and it's Daryl Hannah, and she has legs, and um, he finds her. This is as my as I remember it. Oh. he finds her on the beach for some reason. He's on the beach, and she doesn't know how to. She can't talk, and she doesn't have any clothes on. Oh. And <laughs> and he um, takes her in, and oh, then she learns how to watch TV in one day from watching TV while he's at work. Learns how to speak English from watching TV. Yeah, she learned how to, but she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't speak anything. She right. speaks like. She speaks dolphin. She speaks dolphin. Yeah, so she. <laughs> so she, I remember that, like, as a kid, I remember her speaking dolphin and breaking all the TVs. Oh her. yeah. Yeah, um, and then she, she has to put her, to her
0: in the it. bathtub, right? Because she has to stay wet.
2: No. She puts herself. She there takes a bath with salt in it. With salt in it, that we we'll get to this. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So she um. I don't remember. He like works at a fruit stand. I couldn't remember what he did, but it was some like problem at his work. Like it was like drama, and he had like a fruit, something to do with fruit. So then I can't believe you remember all this from when you were a kid. I loved this movie.
1: All I remember was like Daryl Hannah is a beautiful mermaid who comes out of the ocean and takes a bath in salt, and her tail comes out. And then scientists want to kidnap her, and Tom Hanks is like there, and then she has to go back in the ocean.
2: well my favorite part it's just
1: about her like that's all I remember is how amazing she was
2: yeah she. I mean (laughs) the best part of the movie is her learning to speak English and then she talks to him in commercial language which I thought was so fucking funny when I was a kid (laughs) like like, what she'd be like I think she was like hi um do you want to try our new brand of decaf coffee like when he comes home or something like that and he's like And she's like, I learned how to, you know, he's like, how did you do that? She's like, I watch TV all day. And then he takes her to get clothes and she goes to Bloomingdale's. And, oh, she sees Bloomingdale's on the TV. And there's this part where she's watching an Anne Klein fashion show. And I remember my sister (laughs) say this all the time. Anne Klein, Bloomingdale's. Anne Klein, Bloomingdale's. And she gets all these fabulous clothes. And then... She gets her name, Madison, because they're on Madison Avenue. Oh, yeah. She takes a bath. And her... Do you remember the part, like, in your memory, that her part where her mermaid fin, like, unfolds yeah. really dramatically? That's, like,
1: what the movie was about for me as
2: a child. Yeah. Her spreading her That's sea the plot. legs. That's, like, the whole plot of the movie. The like, of <laughs> That she had a tail. Anyway. Then... <laughs> and- I don't even know what happened after that. We kind of, um, how did we turn it off? Well, anyway, in my memory, what happens is, um, there's a big part that I forgot to say that happened in my memory, which was that he gets drunk in the beginning as an adult and remembers his mermaid before he meets her and asks the cab to take him to Cape Cod. And I was like, what's Cape Cod? And why is that a big deal that he has to take a cab there? Cause it's like eight hundred dollar cab ride, or something. yeah. But I didn't know where it was or what it was. Um. Anyway, that stuck out of my memory.
0: So you watch this again in P town?
2: We
1: tried watching it in Provincetown in Cape Cod, with our friend Lana, who's like obsessed with mermaids. And we were like, "You've never seen Splash. You're gonna love it." And we turned it off after like ten minutes. We turned it off after he started like rapily banging down the door while she was trying to take a bath and un- unwind Gilax her tail. <laughs>
2: So meanwhile as children we're like watching this wonderful display of mermaid tail like the funny thing too is I do remember like specifically the iodized salt that she puts in there Just mm-hmm. not the same salt as the salt that's in the sea no it's not sea salt and then but
1: what I, yeah I mean like what it turned out the movie was about because I thought the movie was about a beautiful mermaid doing stuff but it turns out it's about like Tom Hanks who screen talks and finds this like mute beautiful woman who just wants to fuck him all day long. Who's naked? Yeah, they have
2: sex. That's a big,
1: big <laughs> they're part just, of like, it They're just like boning all the time and she's just horny for like lame Tom Hanks, who's like the junior second son of a fruit fruit merchandise <laughs> warehouse company. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's about actually. That is about really
2: <laughs> their sex thing was so shocking to us. We were like, yeah. oh my god, like he comes home and she's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and just like molesting him and like, no, i gotta go to work i gotta work and she's like no and like pulling on his tie and yeah it was just <laughs> it was shocking and he's yelling the whole time
1: yeah he yells the whole time and I was like, why, why is men acting style from the 80s
0: yelling all the time who was directing them too to be like you got it that's perfect let's do one more take but more no, yelling.
1: Yeah. I don't know who directed so this. man. who was like, great
0: job. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a the theme we're going to continue with this theme of like men that by society standards aren't doing so hot, but then for some reason in this movies, they're, they're getting their come up. They're getting women. They're getting like the commodity of women, like revenge like, of the nerds, Earth. like yeah. Rick Moranis, whole career arc. <laughs> like t- tom hanks and this tom hanks and big
2: oh my god i haven't revisited that but... tom hanks and big is there's a few problems with that movie
0: so um, splash thumbs up thumbs down thumbs, thumbs down, down. <laughs> so these both went from thumbs up to thumbs down yeah
1: like from like like seven thumbs up best movie ever the best movie up.
2: ever as an eight-year-old
1: yeah but my friend anna tried. told me she tried to watch splash with her Daughter, who's like ten now, and they, she was just like, "What?" Like the kid was like, "What?"
0: <laughs> like and, what?
1: Yeah, and they were like, Ugh. Yeah. "Yeah," it just like fell really flat. So that's heartening. It just makes me think about like being a little girl, I guess, is what I was, and like watching, <laughs> guess is <laughs> what and watching this stuff, and just like having the wherewithal to just like block all that shit out, and just like focus on the positive, which was Daryl Hannah, you know, or like, Carol. I don't know. Like, wow, that must have taken a lot of energy actually.
0: Well, that was like being a kid and watching things for adults and letting all the adult humor just kind of wash over you as you're like, there's just stuff I don't understand. I don't know. That's for somebody else. Not for me. (laughs) I feel like that's those parts. And like a child's like extreme focus
2: on what that is like getting like what is making them excited you know it's like the tail the tail you know it's like going to disneyland with a kid you're like i want to die and murder everyone here i hate this place so much it's so disgusting and the kids are like "Ah!" like it's like they're (laughs) in another place you know you're in another place
0: today's episode is brought to you by emily Helmis. Zoe Worth, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Herod, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, especially and in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your choice, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo. Hell, books on Venmo. That's H-E, double hockey sticks, books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to to saying your name on the podcast, producer Panyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared; that's just Panyo's speaking voice. Revenge of the Nerds and Police Academy were two movies that I grew up. I was like weaned on Revenge of the Nerds and Police Academy.
2: Same here. Police Academy and Airplane. Those were the three.
0: I would. I think I revisited.
1: Oh, no, it was Naked Gun. I revisited Naked Gun like five years
2: ago. Thumbs up. That that held up. Big thumbs up. Yeah.
0: Oh, Naked, Naked Gun, Red thumbs up. Nerds. Let's talk about Revenge of the up. Nerds.
2: Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Then he raped somebody, the main
0: character. Was <laughs> that Revenge of the of Nerds one or two? Was that where he's wearing the Darth Vader helmet? One. Yes.
2: yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought we were still talking about Naked Gun. I was like, he doesn't rape anybody in Naked Gun. no
2: no he wears a giant condom a person. right yeah he's practicing hmm. safe, sex. safe
1: sex um yeah revenge of the nerds there's a rape in the middle of it and some
2: other stuff like the well, there's some fuck really fucked up race they're, shit and homophobic hateful, shit right. yeah that too but there's also booger who wears a t-shirt that says give me head till i'm dead which i thought <laughs> was the funniest thing in the world when i was a kid you and- knew what that meant were- i
0: didn't know what that meant
2: Yeah, mean I did
1: actually where I learned what that meant was outrageous fortune.
0: So revenge learns how I remember. It. I cannot bear to go back. I can't bear to go back. Cause I know why did this f- do something to my brain? I don't know, but like, look at me now, just I feel like I'm like living the nerd kind of whatever seed was planted there. So it's like some nerds, they want to, they're getting bullied by a fraternity. So they decide to start their own fraternity but then since they're outcasts, they're supported by the black fraternity. And then also they're allied with the woman sorority that's full of like women with huge, like, like boobs that are so big that it's like a handicap. Like they just like their boobs are so big they could barely like walk. So they're called the Omega Moose. And then the the nerds come and they'll like nestle their heads in their boobs. And at some point, the jock's blonde girlfriend gets raped by one of the house. nerds and decides she likes nerd dick. And yeah, that's the movie.
1: <laughs> There's also a moment where they like triumph at the like spring fling games or something. The
2: Olympiad games. Right. Because
1: they have all these. They plant hidden cameras in the hot girl sorority. And then they have like a pie eating contest or something. And they print out pictures of the the hot girls in the shower and stuff on the bottom of the pie plates. So they're like yeah. super popular because everybody's like gobbling up their pies so they can get to these like n- ill-gotten nudie pics of the hot girls in the shower and that uh, was like triumph of the nerds Good yeah job, and then
2: like Takeshi the like Japanese nerd invents a some kind of like something that that you can take so that you don't get drunk so when there's like this this a contest where you drink a bunch of beer and you have to ride a tricycle around in circles he doesn't get drunk and he so they win that and then lamar has a um there's a javelin toss and then the aerodynamics nerd worms um he invents a like aerodynamic like floppy javelin that lamar the queen who's wearing like spandex and is super fay. um the he like ja- he like runs and wins the javelin toss because of this like special javelin that has like a spring in it and it's in slow motion and he's running like super super gay running and he's like holding a giant floppy dick and then he's like eh! and then it and then he wins that so well, they used all their nerd smarts to win and that's how they like i guess triumph but then um I have this thing that happens where I really check out in the last like 20 minutes of a movie. And I really like, I just get, I don't know what it is. I get bored or like, I know the good parts over and I don't wanna see, I don't wanna see the hero's return. I just, I'm done. So a lot of times like I'll remember really specific details about a movie and then I can never remember the end of it. Like I know the end of Revenge of the Nerds, they- They win. They win and then something happens and then they get made fun of again. And then. And they win again. And then um, the blonde nerd from Grey's Anatomy. Oh yeah. Makes a speech and is like, if anyone's ever been put down, stepped on, kicked aside, treated like dirt, you know you have. And then everyone's like, nerd, nerds, nerds. And they all chant nerds.
0: Oh, even remember the guy that wants to kill the nerds? It just goes nerds. Yeah, nerds, nerds, nerds. That guy, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, um, ogre. That's his name. (laughs) That
1: I guess that was that was two thumbs not as far down as splash because we
2: watched the whole thing. Mm. Nerds is actually great. It's just there's some big. No, it's not great. It's how do, how do you, you can get
1: past the racism, homophobia and like rape joke. <laughs> you can get,
0: you can get past can the 80s.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can get past the 80s. But we, yeah, I mean, we watched the whole thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's like two thumbs, like medium. One down, one, one down, to the side. One down, one
2: to the side.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. What else did you find on your rewatching quest?
1: Uh, Mannequin, surprisingly, has two thumbs up.
0: This is a surprise to me with Kim Cattrall Um, and the man named Hollywood.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was like two people recommended it to me when I took my Instagram poll of what 80s movies like you could watch without wanting to die. And um, I was like, that can't be right. It's about a guy who like makes a woman that then comes to life just for him. But there's like moment like it's actually it's actually like a female empowerment tale kind of there is some like orientalist weird stuff because she's supposedly like an ancient egyptian pharaoh
2: (laughs) she's from egypt
1: yeah (laughs) and she's why just snow yeah but she's like her mom's trying to marry her after some gross dude that she doesn't want to marry so she like goes into some kind of weird spirit hibernation and
2: journeys through time time. returns down christopher columbus yeah like Um, meets all these like historical figures
1: she tells him the world is round and then she dumps him yeah and then ends up with
2: what's his name? Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Who's like either dead eyed or like has the most energy in his, I can't tell what his (laughs) thing is with his eyes. He's such a weird looking guy and his acting is so weird. He looks like Tweety Bird.
1: He does? Yeah. It's like big blue eyes and like tiny little nose and mouth and like kind of a bobbly head. Oh yeah, I guess so.
0: How does he bring her to life? He's just working the night shift?
1: He's an artist sculptor who works at a mannequin factory and he spends like six weeks building this mannequin. And they're like, you're supposed to do six of those a day. And, and he's he like oh, fire. my beautiful mannequin. This,
0: this is just like Xanadu. Oh. I only saw Xanadu when I was very, very
2: young, like five. I and
0: Xanadu, that. there's a guy who's a muralist for a record store as is a job, our record company. And he's taking too long on his murals. And then somehow he like paints the muses and Olivia Newton-John as one of the muses. And then they all start roller skating together. Also weird science.
1: Yeah, but weird science is kind of like nerds who are horny. They're like incels. And she like teaches them how to get girls, but he's not, he's just an artist and he actually has a girlfriend who's like kind of a bitch, but he's Um,
2: beautiful and has amazing clothes yeah she's got amazing clothes but
1: so he's not like a weird misogynist he's not like turned on by the mannequin he's like he's it's like his artwork yeah it's like his
2: his his creation his his david
1: yeah um and then when she comes alive she helps him she inspires him and helps him make the
0: window displays displays, of this
1: like failing department store and that, like, reinvigorates the department store. <laughs> oh, so, like, so there's the- She's thread. kind of a big artist. She's the yeah, one who, she's like, the one. can do everything. And he's kind of like, I'm in awe of you. And there's this, like, night cop who's, like, an idiot and a bigot. And he calls him a bigot. And
2: because car, he's, he's- Isn't it because he says something homophobic about yeah. Hollywood?
1: Yeah, he's like, you and that Fruit Loop Hollywood. Or, <laughs> what are you doing in the window displays? And he's like, said something about- the cop being a bigot, and it's like, oh, this is like strangely for an '80s movie. Has okay politics, yeah, but
2: then like the character Hollywood is completely like a little ridiculous, a little bit ridiculous, like, you know, just a fake. Like it's always, you know, it's like the same thing with Revenge the Nerds, like making like, the one, one black black, black character dress like a you know, act like a woman, and that's like the most hilarious thing in the world. Yeah, so that's very '80s of it. Um, But then the other thing about that movie was that he, um, he makes these sculptures and then they come and then she's in all of them, these like window display things. And then she comes to life and he almost gets caught all the time like making out with her. So like whenever someone else sees her she becomes a mannequin but when he's with her she's alive a live person and so like he's like making out with her and then someone will come in the room and then it'll just be him like rolling around rolling around the floor, on the floor the with a mannequin and they're like Manicab. what's wrong with you you're <laughs> freak," <laughs> which is nice to see yeah but mannequin <laughs> so gets talk about two thumbs up mannequin gets gets two thumbs up um ex. oh yeah except for uh, J- james spader oh yeah he's like an evil gay guy he's he okay. is yeah. yeah and he yeah he so he's the one that's trying to like snafu and ruin andrew mccarthy's career
1: he's like smithers or mr burns or some kind of weird combo of smithers and mr
2: burns and he's like oh yes we have a, oh yes no he's trying let's intervene and get him we, we gotta get him fired. oh yes,
1: yeah yeah he's like you're a genius. And then behind his back, he's like, we have to get him fired. It's weird.
0: (laughs) Have you watched The Bodyguard lately? Oh yeah, I have. I've seen that movie quite a, a few times. The Bodyguard includes an evil gay, an evil white gay character who is intent on getting rid of the main straight guy. Kevin Costner, the main straight guy who's bodyguarding Whitney Houston and Whitney Houston's publicist. I can't remember his name but he's like, we just got to do it, babe. So what if people are trying to kill you? You need to get on the stage.
1: Right. Right. Does he
0: want to kill her? He no. doesn't want to kill her. He just wants the clicks. Uh. <laughs> you know, and then Kevin Costner is the noble bodyguard who wants her to just hang out in his basement apartment watching him do sword routines and having <laughs> sex yeah drinking
2: orange juice or something right he's drinking
0: orange juice and then he wants to like just take her to his cabin in vermont where they all sit wrapped while he and his dad play an ancient chess game that they started years ago and Whitney Houston's whole family's around them being like what's gonna happen next oh my
2: god
0: (laughs) yeah fascinating definitely
2: definitely has her best interest (laughs) in mind yeah um yeah but she does Uh, the queen of the night scene is incredible though when she has that that outfit on that's like all silver she has a cape on and she's just chef's kiss she's just extraordinary in that movie
0: it's worth watching again mariah i would love for you to watch it sometime just knowing you watched it because the script is such a low quality the script is such a poor quality and kevin costner's acting and his character itself is so flat and strange that it made me go down a rabbit hole afterwards to be like, how did this get made? And it got, so, the script had been passed over like seven billion times. And then Kevin Costner read it and was like, this seems good and worked for years <laughs> advocating it with his star power to try and get it made.
2: I wow. am Kevin Costner. I am Kevin Costner. I,
1: feel, I watched Dances with Wolves maybe recently, which is up for a million reasons, but and that are so obvious it's like almost Let's talk about but i was very shocked by the idea that kevin costner was some kind of heartthrob <laughs> like and i remember, like i had a crush on him probably I am robin hood yeah like he was he was like a romantic lead
0: but he's no so sense. flat it's it's like that post john wayne time where he's like strong and that's his only that's his only thing is that he's strong but he's like a it's such a high voice it's like high
1: voice strong which is weird you know what i mean
0: I yeah. am Kevin watch me do my sword routines <laughs> you see <laughs> this know, scarf look here's my ginsu knife routine <laughs> i
2: mean so. we have low standards it's the 80s it's yeah no i mean in general like my standards are really low yeah like For anything very low i mean you know like I'm just a product of that time. Like I showed showgirls in my my class that I had at Pratt without a content warning. And I was called out so hard. And I was like, oops, forgot about everything that's problematic about that movie. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't know it, but I just you know it's like i that's what we had to work with at the time
1: yeah it's like we've learned to watch movies in a way that like
2: filters out all that stuff and critical distance yeah critical distance and the kids these days it's like all we have they had. don't have time for that yeah they're like no we don't we don't enjoy critical distance we don't enjoy irony we want and we want integrity we want people to, s- to say what their feelings are i don't know it's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> the other
1: movie i wanted to talk about because this was one of my favorite movies as a kid and then i watched it again in my 20s and i was like this movie's great and then i tried to watch it with jib and it was like a fucking horror movie it's so scary um overboard
0: (laughs) overboard "Overboard." is that goldie (laughs) hahn's head injury and And she's with kurt russell (laughs)
1: Yeah, she's, like, this, like, rich bitch who has the most amazing outfits in the beginning. She's wearing, like, a thong bikini with, like, a silver blazer and, like, crazy designer sunglasses. Her outfits are so good. Legit. And she's, like, horrible and, like, hates her husband and is mean to Kurt Russell, who's, like, the, who's building her a cedar closet. <laughs> on her yacht? <laughs> yeah, on her yacht. And, um, and she's just, like, She's portrayed as just, like, the most hideous, rich bitch, awful woman. Um, And then she falls off the yacht, hits her head, and gets amnesia, of course. Oh, man. Best 80s plot driver. Um, And she ends up, like, in jail because the local police can't figure out who she is. And her husband won't claim her because he's like, I'm finally free. And he, like, rows his boat away. Um, And Kurt Russell sees her on the news and, oh, I remember this as a kid, like there's a sailor who finds her who's like French Canadian. And he was like, she was swimming like a fuck. And I remember thinking that was so funny and like, fuck <laughs> means seal in French. <laughs> was, like, what can you I not mean? remember that. 80s French Canadian joke is that. Anyway, so he um, he sees her on the news and he's like, oh, she owes me money. Oh, right. She won't pay him for his work because she's mean. And- The closet, cedar closet. Yeah, so he's like, I'm going to make her pay by pretending she's my wife bringing her home and making her raise my horrible brat sons he's got like three horrible sons and he's like yeah babe you're my wife and he dresses her like in overalls and, <laughs> and he's like i'm so sweet. like they sleep in the bed together and oh she's my like, god this doesn't feel right i don't remember this and he's like no honey it's fine They're, like totally gaslighting her and like and then of course over the course of the- she falls in love with them, and she's like, "I hate my rich life. I want to be with these horrible children and this disgusting man who
2: <laughs> kidnapped me, essentially." <laughs> yeah, um, because she wouldn't give him his like, you know, two hundred dollars.
1: So he's like, "She's gonna work it off."
2: Yeah. Um, so just um, to be like Kimmy Schmidt living in the bunker. <laughs> yeah, totally. But not no good jokes. It was just it was. Yeah, it's terrifying.
1: Yeah. Wait, so how far did you
0: make it? Sorry.
1: He goes out drinking with his, or he goes out to like a bar or something and he's, and then he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to scare her. So he like dumps whiskey all over his clothes and comes home and crawls into bed with her and like acts like he's going to fuck her. And she's like, ah! Um, And then we were like, I can't watch this. We're like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And he doesn't do it because that would just be a bridge too far even for the 80s. Uh, but yeah, that movie
0: and I Yeah, so only,
1: they, they, I
2: watched it when I was like 25 And I was like, this is great Well, <laughs> 25 It was the 90s No, it wasn't, it was 2005 Oh, well, that makes sense Because you're circling back to the ironic times <laughs> Right Bush era. Bush era So you're yeah.
0: giving this a thumbs up or a thumbs right. down here? was way down
1: Way All right thumbs, thumbs down for that, thumbs up for Heathers
0: Yeah The world is waiting for you. And it's a game amazing world. I'm Karen Tongson. And I'm Nicole J. Georges. And we're the hosts of The Game Amazing Race, a new limited series podcast about The Amazing Race, your favorite reality competition show from an LGBTQ point of view. We are going to talk to gay amazing guests, including Oswald Mendez, Team Guido, the married lesbian ministers, and more. Plus, we will learn behind the scenes gossip, trivia, we'll talk about gay villains, The Closet, archetypes, processing challenges that we just can't forget, and more. And beyond that, you'll also have a gay amazing soundtrack scored by the Kaya Wilson. This music has been described as. Anya-esque with druidic energy. So listen to us, The Gay-Amazing Race, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Gay-Amazing Race. The Gay-Amazing Race. The Gay-Amazing Race. Oh, I know. I Back know, the to the to Future too. too. Oh. The, or 3. 2. two. The, the Western one or president the,
0: president the, 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 in the, the one in the future where, Donald Trump's, president? The president? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where Donald Trump's the president?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Where Donald Trump's a president. He's president, I don't think we've we made it that far. Yeah, and he. Um, but Michael J. Fox has a um, one of those scenes, like in the Eddie Murphy movie, where he plays all the characters in the family around a dinner table. Mm-hmm. And Michael J. Fox has a scene like that. And in one scene, he's dressed like he's supposed to be his own sister or something. Yeah, he so he's in sister. full drag, and he looks really good. And he's
0: like Dan.
2: And we're like, oh, my God. Yeah, and then, weird. yeah, and um, I told Chris Vargas about it because he has, that, he has that, that poster that he turned into a T-shirt with all of the video co- tape covers of every movie that has a, any trans representation at all. And he was like, oh, my God, I missed that one. But it was definitely um, interesting. And then he plays the older, like, mean dad,
0: who is just like... What did we say was the name he was like? I don't remember.
2: Probably better we don't remember because it yeah. might have been someone we knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but never-ending story, never my
1: thing. I loved it when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it lately. I do remember though that the the plot with
2: the child pr- princess was creepy.
0: It's interesting. That dog
2: snake with its weird Falcor? dog skin skin, like the shiny Oh, you don't
0: like Falkor? No,
2: ew. <laughs> Maria loves uh,
1: labyrinth. I do.
0: I also love labyrinth. Labyrinth well,
1: define my sexuality. And like that unrequited thing between like forty year old David Bowie and thirteen year old um, <laughs> Jennifer Connolly was like the hottest thing I'd ever seen. I used to watch it over and over again and be like, just say yes to him.
0: Just where he's like, roll over to him. His yeah. weird kind of narcissist or whatever thing where he's like, all this I did for you. All yeah. this and all I ask is for you to be what is he's like for you to obey me. Yeah, that's all I ask. And she's like, No, and she's just a brat over me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like he's got Tina Turner hair and leggings that show his entire penis. Like, what, <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> you know, and an arm of puppets.
0: She just didn't want a babysit anymore. <laughs> she was like, I want it's my cute. redheaded yeah.
1: stepchild. That's me, I like <laughs> <movie. laughs> <laughs>
2: the bad.
0: tina turner hair and the turner her hair,
2: hair. hair leggings you can see my entire penis <laughs> A vagina and i have an army of puppets yeah
0: mariah and jibs thank you for sharing this wealth of of information <laughs> you watched all you watched probably what 20 30 hours of 80s films so that we didn't have to
2: <laughs> it's true yeah you're welcome we'll never get that time back but we're happy that we it, it actually came to something and that we get to talk about these relevant topics since there's like nothing going on right now politically <laughs> like in the news
0: <laughs> well you know I just it seems nice to be like you know let me just go down a, let me take a walk down nostalgia way to try and get my head out of the world today and then you're just like in a horror show of like homophobic ableist fat like sizist racism rape and you're like oh I wish somebody had helped guide me through my 80s nostalgia
2: here we are. Yeah, and like, but it's really relevant, you know, it's like that this, this, um. You understand the president. Yeah, you get. Yeah, you really do. Better. I mean, when you watch the, 80s comedies. The 80s presidency is like, I mean, mm. the 80s presidency.
0: <laughs> we do have a very 80s presidency right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. 80s man. 80s man. He's Our a, friend Elena Smith, she has a Twitter account called 80s man. I don't know if she's still active, but in the years leading up to the election, she decided to embody an 80s man and they're it's amazing and the Twitter is so funny. And it's basically just Donald Trump quotes, but like not, not knowing him. that he was about to- Yeah, it's like um,
2: about Shibley. There's quotes about like Chablis and like- My ex-wife. <laughs> my ex-wife, beautiful women, <laughs> filing cabinets, stuff yeah. like that. These files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my God, my just... secretary. Um, yeah, so yeah. it makes sense that-
1: Actually, weirdly, I had a conversation when Brett Kavanaugh, the whole thing happened I went to Northern Ireland right after that and I met some guy in a bar and he was being a real asshole. And he was like, Cav-a-na! and he was like, she was lying. And, and I was like, how, why would you think she's lying? Like, have you ever seen an eighties movie? And he was like, Northern Ireland in the eighties was at war. I didn't have time for movies. And I was like, come on, that's such a cop out. <laughs> like, You can still watch them. I was like, yeah, anyway, it was kind of a weird cross-section of everything in that moment kavanaugh
0: was in meatballs like he was just living his meatballs animal house revenge of the nerds life
1: yeah i always wanted to watch porkies porkies or porkies
0: porkies meatballs (laughs) just anything that just showed boobs the vh
1: at vhs cover for porkies was amazing it was just like
0: was it through the hole glory hole of
1: something else. i there. just remember lots of boobs on the cover and being like i want to see that my mom's like no <laughs> why don't you just look down yeah. <laughs> well, there you look at the middle um oh wait my last 80s movie story yeah was when i was a kid i only had like one rule and it was that i was not allowed to watch dirty dancing <laughs>
0: um, that's the only rule
1: yeah, I could do anything else I wanted except watch Dirty Dancing. So I was like very. But your serious. mom would
2: tell you everything you wanted to know about sex, yeah. everything you didn't
1: want to know about sex. Yeah, but I couldn't watch Dirty Dancing. Probably because it was. She didn't like Patrick Swayze. Anyway, um, so that since it was my only rule, I would like clung to it and obeyed it, and.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> obeyed your only rule. Yeah,
1: and my friend in sixth grade was like, "Let's watch Dirty Dancing." I was like, "I am not allowed to watch that." So we were looking through like a drawer full of like VHS tapes that were taped off TV. And it, there was like my own private Idaho starting, starring Keanu Reeves and, <laughs> <laughs> and River Phoenix. And we were like, Oh, we
2: love them. They're such hard frogs. And we watched that instead of um, dirty dancing. And that's how, why you are you and I am me. Yeah. Cause I watched dirty dancing like 7 million times. Yeah. I turned it off. I didn't understand what was happening.
0: My own private Idaho.
1: Yeah. I was like 10 or seven or something.
0: <laughs> Have you gotten to watch Dirty Dancing since then?
1: No, I've never seen it. What? Yeah, I've never seen Dirty Dancing. It's my oh. only rule. You're okay. still
0: not allowed. <laughs> still not allowed. <laughs> I didn't know that you'd
2: never seen it. I've never seen it. Oh my God, we gotta watch it. It's so great.
0: I, I mean, it's, it's great. So, <laughs> so bad, but- It's a class a, uprising.
2: I can say, yeah, there's a class uprising. There's also the whole thing, like they're Jewish and never no one ever says that they're Jewish and there's this whole thing about that borscht belt, like, private, like, resorts, because Jewish people couldn't go to, like, whatever, regular people, like, the, the Poconos, the Poconos, <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't allowed, they weren't yeah. invited, and so they had all these incredible, um. you know, like, summer resort things, and they were really common, so I think that At the time, when they made the movie, it seemed like a lot of people who were on board to make the movie had the the memories of these type of places, but they weren't really in any kind of media yet. Like, they hadn't really been seen. But the documentary that is on Netflix called, like, Movies We Love or something, there is a a Dirty Dancing one that is fascinating. Mm. It was such a hard movie to get made. And Patrick Swaz, maybe um, this is just a little tidbit I'll leave you with. He was really trying to get away from um, being a dancer. He didn't, he was a dancer and he he wanted to be an actor. He wanted to be a serious actor. So his agent, he, he wouldn't allow anybody to put on his resumes that he was a professional dancer. And somehow they got a headshot of his and they were like, this is the guy, this is the guy. And they got like an old headshot that had info on it that he was a dancer and it was like a big mistake and he was super, super pissed and he didn't want to do it at all. He was bummed. He was like, this is a stupid movie with fucking bad writing. And he was right. But he was also like, "Perfect.
0: perfect. That's perfect. I just want you to know, side note for you, Linda Berry every year has her writing workshop at the Omega Institute in upstate New York and that before it was purchased by hippies used to be one of those resorts it used to be a camp just for Jewish kids That's so weird. I grew
1: up right near there.
0: Oh. Um, it was like a it was a Jewish it was either a Jewish summer camp or like family place but the Omega Institute. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Well, thank you Nicole. Yeah, that was so fun you. and so fun to see you.
0: So fun to see you too. I I'll come down when there's like, just like one hospital bed available for me. Yeah. <laughs> just literally one hospital. Or even if like there's an ambulance that can just idle outside and I could get some kind of non-COVID.
2: <laughs> All right,
0: friend. All right. Have a lovely day, you guys. Nice to see both of your faces and bye to Clyde Thanks, and bodyguard Nicole. Tammy.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> bye. 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 bye.